They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come on inside, everybody, and turn that little lip thing off. Thank you so much for joining us on Thoughts That Rock. You got it. It's the podcast that is about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice squeezed into about 30 minutes or so. We know how busy you are. Yeah, We We know how busy you are. We get it. We don't need to hear it any longer. You're looking for those little chicken McNuggets of wisdom. We got a whole box full today. We have a whole box full of those wisdom nuggets to help amp up your life. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing right now. Maybe you are... I don't know, maybe you're making paper airplanes or you're uh, showing off your uh, your situation or um, I don't know, maybe you're waiting at the DMV. We just want to be the 30 minutes that you look forward to each and every week. And I think everybody knows that Thoughts at Rock helps support an awesome nonprofit called Cannibal Kids Cancer. They provide options to kids with cancer who've been told that they have run out of options. And the beautiful thing that CKC does, they help identify these innovative options, and then they go out and find the money to fund the treatment. And they're fantastic. They provide hope to the hopeless, and that's why we support them. We think they rock. They're amazing. Just a quick reminder, whatever format you're using to listen to this podcast, whether it's the Apple Podcasts or it's you know, Himalaya or Stitcher or whatever you're using to listen, uh, if you like the show, we would love it if you would just take a moment and give us a rating, but even better than that, if we could trouble you to do more than lift your finger and click a star, we would love it if you would leave a few words, just a couple of comments, because that helps us get in front of the people we want to be in front of so that we can help the show grow and better support CKC. Oh yeah. So listen, you know, we, we've come to that part of the show where it's time to Give them a little something, something. I think they know what time it is. You know what they're waiting on, though. Let me just, can I just turn the amp on? Just give me a second. Let's just go a little. Just, just a little bit. Just, bit. just oh, in the background. You feel that, Jim? I feel it. You feel it? A little wah-wah in your step. Something mm-hmm. is starting to happen. It's time. I think I know. It's time. I think I get it. It's business time. Our guest today, are just so excited, is John Jantz, who is known as the world's most practical small business marketing expert and speaker. First and foremost, super friend here. John, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. I am so pumped to be here. We, you know, listen, we, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of you and the work uh, that you do. Uh, if you we'll, we're of course, we'll put John's full bio in the show notes, but yep. he's just a veteran speaker, workshop leader, um, well over 200 successful events that he has hosted under his belt. But uh, he's a best-selling author, probably best known for duct tape marketing, which also happens to be the name of his consulting firm. And um, 
you know, for me, I just, just honestly, uh, a day ago had an opportunity to go and hang out with John and his team, um, in his network. And just, I got to tell you, man, you've, you've built, uh, a network of people who don't only adore you, uh, but really love and respect <laughs> the work, uh, that you've built over your career. So congratulations on just having, uh, an incredible network of people there that you get to work with day in and day out. Thank you so much. That's kind of you to say. And, and uh, obviously, you know, the flip side of that is they, they really got to, to experience your message and your warmth and kindness. And so uh, it was a total win all the way around. Nice. Well, it's a it's a uh, inside joke of the show here, John. That that my talks, uh, the goal is always life changing, and Jim's talks, it's always uh, tactical and practical. So, yes. yeah. okay, <laughs> somebody's got to do one of those. Somebody's got to do what? Uh, listen, John, of course, just is just coming out with his brand new book. It's uh, the other reason why we are super excited that uh, he had a little bit of time we could steal from him to do this. Uh, the Self Reliant Entrepreneur launches here very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, 366 daily meditations to feed your soul and grow your business. Um, just, uh, I love it. Uh, I've had a chance to flip through it a bit, John, and just breaking it down on a daily basis, um, sort of being able to go in to get into the mindset of what a successful entrepreneur should be thinking. And then, you know, having challenge questions, I think, uh, that follow along with each of, uh, the days is just brilliant. And, uh, I, we, we wish you nothing but success on this book. I think it's going to be a huge hit. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, it's a, I actually talk about it as a practice as much as a book, because I think that's the idea. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I can, we can see that completely. And so, you know, we do things a little bit different here on Thoughts That Rock rather than, than dive deep into the back catalog of your history. We like to try to get right to the point, that piece of advice that you're going to share with, uh, with our community. And so the floor is open. What is your thought that rocks? Thoughts That Rock, number one. Getting fired from that job you hate is the best thing that could happen to you. Oh, <laughs> you're assuming that a lot Uh-oh. of our listeners have been fired, but I love it because I am one of those. So explain what you mean by that, John. Well, you know, it's a little harsh. There's a reason for people to have jobs. There's a place for people to have jobs. But I just happen to be of the bias that doing your own thing, owning your the control over, you know, how you choose to make a living and how that fits into the rest of your life uh, is something that, that I think you need to trust yourself enough that, that, you know, anybody can do it. Anybody should do it. I think it's the most freeing thing in the world. Again, as I said, uh, you know, there's a place for people. I have employees. um, (laughs) So, you know, there is a place for a job, but particularly people that hang on to jobs that when they know they should be doing something else or, or worse yet, when it's like sucking the life out of them, you know, the riskiest thing you can do <laughs> is to hang on to that job. I think this quote is, is hilarious. I, I first heard it and you talk about celebrating actually losing your job, which I'm sure freaks a lot of people out. H- have you ever been fired before, Brant? I, I have. You have. I've not. I've been very lucky around that. And I, I would assume with this being your thought, you've been fired before, right, John? You know, the thing is, I haven't because I wouldn't, I just couldn't work for anybody. (laughs) So I am one of those freaks that has had like one job in my life for about five years. And I quit because I said, you know what, I want to do my own thing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I mean, I had the restaurant jobs and the stuff growing up and all that. But I mean, really, in, in my adult life, I've had 
one job and then my business. That's so, awesome. Uh, you know, so maybe I'm I'm just sort of unemployable. <laughs> I find well, that hard to believe. I've been fired enough for all of us, so <laughs> you know, I think uh, it's you know, I think it's it's interesting to sort of uh, think about it. Uh, back when it happened, of course, it was devastating, and and uh, it's hard to see the forest through the trees uh, when, when it happens. But but I, I you know, looking back now with some perspective. Even you know you know you know when the first job I was fired at you're gonna you're gonna no love what? this. Fonset uh, Rock. Uh, no, no, that's gonna be my last <laughs> job, last job that I get fired sorry. at. Sorry. So this was um, I was in college, and I had uh, you know I had just got uh, I stopped playing baseball because my injury stopped me from from continuing. So I, you know I had this revelation that I that that. Uh, God had bigger plans for me and maybe I should get into ministry. And so I went to the campus ministry team and sort of explained to them what happened. And, and the, uh, the chaplain sort of took me under his wing and, and, uh, the summer of that year, he got me in to, uh, intern at a, at a church, uh, a large church in, um, Orlando, Florida as sort of a youth intern. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got fired. <laughs> got fired as a youth intern hmm. uh which which needless to say um didn't do my uh, uh my religious life any favors for a number of years <laughs> um but he, but but you know fast forward to you know being gosh 40 years old almost and uh and starting a church in my living room and and having a very successful run uh later on uh, it probably was the the, the single greatest thing that that I could have had at that time because it really made me question what I thought it should be right yeah. and and it gave me a chance to sort of go god that's so wrong it was so heartless the way in which it was done he literally knocked on the door of the of the like the church house I was staying in with the other youth interns and he handed me a check and he said get out <laughs> And I, and I was like, you would have thought that I, you know, I murdered someone in the way in which he, <laughs> he treated me. And I still don't know to this day what I did that was so awful. Um, but uh, obviously it warranted um, uh, literally I had nowhere to go. I mean, I lived in New Hampshire and here I am in Orlando. I'm in a, I'm on a, uh, a summer break and I'm, what am I going to turn around and go and, and drive 1500 right. miles home? Uh, you know, I'm, it's the, it's the middle of the night. I'm like, what is happening right now? Uh, but, but again, it really helped shape what I thought church should look like and, and help me uh, in, in starting my own, you know, years and years and years but later. It's probably well, also to John's point is right. It led you to something else though too. Yeah, like yeah. you needed that to happen to get to the promised land, whatever it was, <laughs> yeah. the next step. You got to tell yourself that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and I think you can apply that to so many things in life. I mean, I've chosen to say getting fired from that job, but like not getting a sale, you know, not, yeah. I mean, there's just, there's so many things that if you start to say, you know, I've seen this before, and if I just wait and not try to control the situation, there's probably a better result that's supposed to come to me. Yeah. And and I, that takes experience that, you know, may sound sort of Pollyanna at times, but I, I think you experience that enough. I think you, you, you do start to say, well, this happened for a reason as opposed to I'm bad. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think people get trapped too, right? I mean, here I, for years I felt trapped because I was making – you know, a, a really good living that I didn't think I could duplicate somewhere else. And so I would put up with the bullshit or I would put up with the, the mistreatment of me or my team or whatever it was because they 
were paying me enough that, that I felt like I could deal with yeah. it. Um, but, but it also becomes like these golden handcuffs, right? I mean, you can't, yeah. I, I, I can't turn away and, and maybe I should leave this job, but, but for whatever yeah. particular reason, I can't find the strength, the courage to do it or, or believe that it's going to be detrimental to my family. Um, and, I, and I'll, I'll, I'll bet you some amount of money you weren't doing your best work there. No, you know, and that, and so it, interesting enough, you know, we've um, we were having this conversation the other day with someone about you know telling people to do what they're good at. Um, you know, my problem was I was really good at something that I hated doing, <laughs> and and unfortunately, it paid a lot of money. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I I stuck it out because I could produce the numbers, I could produce the the EBITDA they were looking for, and the increase in sales they were looking for with my team. But I I just loathed going to work every day. I loathed my boss. I did not want to be there. I did not want to do the job, but I love money. And so it was one of those things. Well, 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 that sounds joyful. (laughs) So it's working for the weekends, right? Listen, I, I, I would not shake a stick. There is a huge portion of Americans that are working for the weekends, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then I was thinking about this also. If somebody were listening to the show right now and, and maybe in the unique position where I haven't been fired, I've worked for jobs that I don't like and brand. I've shared this before on the show where I, I think I've sold pool supplies for a couple of weeks, I prepaid credit cards for a couple of weeks. I even was a, a, a housekeeper at a Marriott residence in for three hours. But I, I sort of fired myself. Like I didn't want to work in those jobs. So I didn't stick it out for the money. I just... You know, I'm hoping that I'm not considered as a job hopper. I usually stay for a fairly long time. But I remember, you know, I went to school to be a musician. Uh, that wasn't going to work out for me. I do have my degree, but I thought I'll be a middle school teacher. I did that for six years. I actually enjoyed that. But both of those led me to ultimately running training and development at Hard Rock. Yeah. And I stayed there for 21 years. But even that, I think, was just the precursor. It was a setup hmm. for me to do exactly what we're doing now, podcasting, yeah. speaking, writing, yeah. this, you know, stuff that John does as well. I think if those things hadn't occurred, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. So maybe taking it a little bit of a different direction, John, and, and I don't know if you disagree with this, but let's say you haven't been fired. You could still look at it as celebrate the change, right? Moving from one position to another, whether you're firing Mm -hmm. yourself or somebody's going to take you out, but look at it as an opportunity instead of something that happens to you is something that happens for you to get again to Nirvana. Yeah. I I think ultimately, you know, I've used the fire thing because, you know, there are a lot of people hanging out in places they shouldn't, but you know, ultimately life's about collecting experiences. And I think that, I think that, that, you know, Brant, you, you spoke with us last week or this weekend about this idea of purpose. And I think, I I don't think you've, I I mean, I really think you find, you find purpose as you talked about, I think very clearly that it's about, you know, your core values. Yeah. Um, But but I think you ultimately find the thing that brings you happiness and joy by experiencing a bunch of things. I mean, that's, right. that's why I, it always drove me crazy when you, you graduate from high school and they tell you now go decide what you want to be for your life right. and go to that college track. And, you know, it's like you don't know till you're about 35. I yeah, think. sure. <laughs> you know? I agree with that. Yeah, you got to live enough life. 
yeah. mean, Jim yeah. Jim had to work at Gatorland before he realized yes. that that wasn't where he was going to spend the rest of his life. You say have to. I say got to. <laughs> yeah, my first job, John, was uh, working at a gator farm here in Central Florida, which I loved. Got to drive a train huh. and sell fish and hang out with boa constrictors all day. It was great. Yeah. See how I look at it very positively? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, I wonder in hindsight, it's really easy to do this, but but you know, when you start thinking about it, there's probably some elements of what you experienced there that, that made you who you are and which allow you to do what you're doing, oh, you know, yeah. even as we, even as we laugh about it, you know? Yeah. No, no I, I honestly, so. it was my first foray into hospitality. It was a tiny little yeah. theme park, but being around humans and having fun and I had to do retail and food and beverage and hang out with, uh, with reptiles. <laughs> you know, so I don't know how that part's going to help me, but the rest, fantastic setup. Uh, yeah, it, I think you're, I think this idea of having to live enough life to really figure it out too, John is, is so spot on. I mean, when I got out of college, you know, I had no idea what I wanted to do because I had planned on playing baseball and that, that wasn't mm, happening. Right. And so yeah. for me, it was like, I, I did a million different things, right? I, I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go do the enterprise rent a car thing. Cause that's what everybody should do when they get out of college. And it's $60,000 a year for 180 hours a week. And so it was like, yeah, maybe not. And maybe that's not it for me. So I actually, I don't even know if you know this, Jim, I, I studied to be a gemologist. Um, with Mayor's Jewelers for a year. No a, way. Yeah. No, I, did. I didn't know that. I did. I spent a year um, trying to uh, become uh, basically a GIA certified uh, gemologist. Uh, hmm. And so um, I loved the work. I thought it was incredibly interesting. Um, I hated the 12 hour shifts yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the retail side of it that sort of was just part of the beast. Um, but you know, I, I left there, I worked in advertising for a minute. I did in-home sales. I sold everything from water treatment systems to air conditioners, to solar hot water heaters, to you name it. And, and it was just, it provided me freedom, um, to sort of work when I wanted to work. You know, I got my, I went in at 10 o'clock every day. I got my handful of leads. Mm -hmm. uh, I had my six o'clock appointment and my eight o'clock appointment, which meant if I sold my six o'clock appointment, I would blow off my eight o'clock appointment. <laughs> um, but a ton of money to be made, you know, so if I sold it, I made 1200 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, as a 21 year old fresh out of college, uh, selling 20 to 25 units a month, making more money than I knew what to do with and, and too stupid to really know what to do with it at that time. It was more like, well, I don't want a real job because then I can't go play basketball at the Y at two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. <laughs> you know? uh, but all these years later, all of those skill sets learned from having to be in someone's home and dealing with the distractions of, you know, naked kids running right. by or swinging right. off the <laughs> chandeliers or, you know, it's, it's just the, the insanity that happens when you walk into an environment that you have no control over whatsoever. Right. Um, is uh, uh, you know paid off on on so many fronts uh, in a lot well, of the well, different things. I mean, think think about the trust that you have to try to develop immediately oh. in order to be successful doing that. I suggest that that that, that translates to the stage. Oh, I'm speaking in spades. I, yeah. I, I think you're right. I, it's it's one of those <laughs> deals where you just I literally I, you know I walked into people's homes that were nudists that I had no idea that was the case. I'm so sorry about that. And it's way. always the people who are nudists who you really don't want to be nudists. It, it wasn't Christy Brinkley. I was at, I was not at her house. Um, and so it was one, you know, one of these deals where 
how do you sit in someone's home and get the seven no's that I was required to get before they can, <laughs> before my company accepted it as a acceptable pitch? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even look at them in the eye for seven no's. Um, uh, you know, it was not it was not going to happen. But that perseverance, that that um, idea that there's got to be an angle. You just got to sit there and find it. Yeah. Um, and having the patience and the, and the courage to do so, uh, was something that was just instilled in me. I think early on in my, my business, if you could call it that career. Um, yep. but, but most certainly things that have paid off, whether it's speaking or music or whatever it is that I, this podcast, I mean, I have to deal with Jim on a daily basis. Every single day, sometimes twice a day. It's, it is been incredible, but I think this leads really good to, to our thought that we wanted to share with you, John, um, which, which I think, um, is sort of a, a, a continuation on one front, but maybe even, um, a, a remedy to, to stop before maybe you do get fired. And our thought that rocks this week is this. Rock number two. It comes from Jack Welch, uh, of course, the famous CEO from GE. Uh, change before you have to. Change before you have to. And this from a guy who, you know, GE's value rose 4,000% during his tenure. So I think he might know yes. a thing or two about change. Um, but I, I look at this and say, Gosh, if you can do that, if you could change before you felt like you were forced to change, mm-hmm. maybe the firing would never come, right? Yeah. Um, but but it's so uncomfortable. It's so uncertain. It has all the fear and ugly and all the hair on it that, that, that you know change brings with it. Um, what do you think about that, John? Change before you have to. Yeah, I mean, you you could uh, you could rephrase that as you know leave before you get fired, right? Yes. Um, you know, in the context of what we were talking about. Yeah. But 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 I think that that in some ways could be suggesting a habit. Mm. You know, not just like look for like that market change that's going to happen, and you know you make the you zig before everybody else zags. I think it could also suggest that that change is an ongoing you know part of life. Yeah. That you know that you. You know, I've sometimes said that entrepreneurs, some, you know, the job of being an entrepreneur sometimes is to find ways to prove yourself wrong um, instead of prove yourself right. That, you know, that if you have all the answers, you're not going to grow. And and so, you know, I think I think what that does is it, it allows you to say, hey, I need to keep growing. I need to keep evolving. But I think it also suggests I need to have immense amount of empathy for what other people are doing because there's probably some seed in that, that, you know, that I'm missing, uh, you know, that that change is coming. And so I think it, I I just think it's brilliant advice, but I think it also, I I think rather than being a tactic, it might be a strategy. Yeah. You know, no matter how long I stand uh, outside of the old, Walmart building, uh, in, in the city we live in, uh, Woolworths is not going to move in, John, (laughs) uh, no matter how much I would love that as a kid growing up, I used to go to Woolworths and, and, and go to that back section where I could buy the, this is not ridiculous with the fish. Remember the, Uh, remember you could get the fish in the back of the store and they just give you the little, the the little wand with the basket at the end and you would scoop up your fish and bring them home in a bag that you hope didn't leak in the back of my Caprice 85 Caprice. 
Priest classic estate wagon that my parents had. <laughs> and, and, but, but here's a, you know, I think this, this holds true for companies and empires and everything else. If you don't change before you have to, um, you, you may be extinct. I know that's, uh, that's one of the, my favorite quotes from, from Jim actually is if you hate change, you're really going to hate extinction. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun not being around. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah. And even that I, I grabbed onto, uh, you know, Bob Dylan has this great quote about change. He says, there's nothing so stable as change, yeah. which is hilarious to me. Yeah. That's an oxymoron too. And you know, it's like, it's the old adage of death and taxes, right? You, you can't do anything about it. It's coming and you can either get in front of it. You can anticipate it. You can help morph it. You can embrace it, but ultimately you have to accept it. And you know, one of these mores that we used to teach when I was at Hard Rock, and again, I'm a fan of of uh, Stephen Covey stuff. He used to talk about things that are in your circle of influence and things in your circle of concern. There's a lot of stuff that you care about, but you can't do anything about it, like weather and terrorism yeah. and change and all this other stuff. The things you can't control is how you're going to respond right to that stimulus and how you want to mm-hmm. behave and act around other people and spend your money and your mindset and all that stuff. So I, I think when I look at the thought from Jack Welch saying change before you have to, it does have an echoing effect of exactly what you were saying, John, celebrate being fired, like <laughs> get in front of it. Change is coming and, and you can either, you know, get out of the way sooner rather than later, or when it does happen to you, which you couldn't have controlled if it was out, if it was something that was truly outside of your influence, and just think there's going to be something better right around the corner, and and think of that abundance mentality mindset, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I've always said there's only two things you can control: you know, how you show up and how you respond to everything else mm-hmm, <laughs> that yeah. happens, and that's it. You're that's only true. allowed one great thought on yeah. the show, John. You can't come with two. <laughs> wow, shot. look at look at uh, that. I, you know, now I, he's just showing off. I, he is. <laughs> he he is the self-reliant entrepreneur. So we sort of have to expect that from him. Yes. You know, well, uh, I'm, I th- I'm being inspired by my host. Uh, <laughs> say the right. See that? Look at him. He knows how to respond. He that's does. good. He took his own. Advice. The uh, you know I look at the change before you have to you know I I laugh but but you know I've said to people anyone that has worked with me for a long time you have three choices uh, when you work with me you can get on the train you can get out of the way and let the train pass or you can lay on the tracks and 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 <laughs> I'm awesome. okay, I'm okay with either one yeah <laughs> just pick what you're going to do and stick to it not waffle uh, yeah and that's and that's sort of the thing it's this idea that. Um, you know, if you're, and I, gosh, I would imagine, John, you've got to see this just in the marketing world in general, um, is that in, in one way, uh, in, a, in the strategy of changing before you have to, it's sort of that predicting trends or what you think is going to be the next big thing, or yeah. may, maybe that social media platform that has yet to take off, that's going to be the next Facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be that, you know, I think every year we see one or two of these things where, you know, the VCs get together and dump a bunch of money into something that uh, they're predicting is going to be the next big thing. And, and 99% of them are gone within a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, um, right, right. But um, I would assume that, that is this, does this align at all with the, the stuff that you teach through duct tape marketing at all with regards to sort of changing before you're forced to? It really does, but it's kind of interesting. There, there's, there's sort of a dichotomy there because the the, the reality is nothing in marketing has changed. Mm. Hmm. We're still we're still trying to get somebody to trust us enough 
give us their money and yeah. and then remain with us, you know, for the rest of their life. I mean, that that sort of objective hasn't changed that much. And I think where sometimes people get tripped up is that they think, oh, this new thing is marketing, you know, mm. or this new thing is the way we have to go. And really all those new things are are just ways to allow the buyer to buy what they were going to buy anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think that we're so so we have to evolve. We have to we have to look at the buyer. We have to look at the customer and say, you know, what brings them value? What, you know, keeps them up at night, you know, solving those problems. But I think sometimes when people get too involved with what the tool is, that's where they go off the deep end. I, I can't tell you how many in, in the last 10 years, you know, how many social media marketing companies, you know, have yeah. gone out of business because they thought that was marketing. Mm, it's sure. Just a tool. That's you right. do definitely have to understand it in in context of, you know, the, the market, the customer, but it's not your business. Yeah. I, I could not agree with you more, you know, in the, the collaboration work, um, that, uh, that I do with banding people together, you know, we talk about this all the time that you can have every digital collaboration tool on the planet, um, uh, technology wise. And that, that doesn't mean, you know, how to collaborate, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And, and that's the that's the thing. And in fact, it can actually do more harm than good if you don't know how to collaborate and now have a way to tell everybody that you don't know how to collaborate. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and now we have a project management tool to, to, to try to manage our collaboration so that, you know, nobody's getting any work done because they're managing the tool. That's exactly right. It's yeah, frustrating. So it's frustrating. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah. So since we're talking a little bit about change too, and this might be a little bit of a different direction, but Brant, to your point, you know, talking about the, the small business marketing part and how that would apply perhaps to this thought, your new book, um, you know, when you start talking about being a self-reliant entrepreneur, I would assume one, that's you, you're, you're a self-reliant entrepreneur, but this is a big change for you compared to obviously your other books, right? That were focused yeah. more on marketing. Yeah, I mean, this is actually my sixth book, and my first five had, you know, squarely were in some aspect of marketing. But, I, you know, I, I wrote this book, took this direction in, in part because I wanted to do something different. Um, you know, I've, I feel like I've told everybody how to do marketing you know, as much as I can. And, and in a lot of ways, in a small business particularly, everything is marketing. Yeah. Um, and, and so I feel like, of, you know, the tens of thousands of business owners that I've had some sort of contact with, I feel like the stuff that we think of as marketing, you know, the getting the click and the website and all that stuff is, is obviously important. But for a lot of small businesses, the mindset of how to serve a customer, how to create a great experience, how to, how to keep themselves in the game, you know, mentally. I mean, I feel like all of that stuff touches marketing. So I feel like I've been doing this, this kind of self-reliant entrepreneur stuff for, you know, for 30 years. Uh, but it, it, it's so in a lot of ways, this is just now kind of a collection of, you know, my thoughts in, in, in just the fact that I've been doing this so long. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Well, he's got good, you know, s s some good people shouting from the mountaintops from, you know, <laughs> Seth Godin and Jay Bear and, and just some incredible Ryan Holiday, just incredible people um, calling this, this book a masterwork, uh, yeah. which is, which is from s Seth Godin. So that's, that's not bad, John. Uh, no, nope, nope. <laughs> not, not at all. Um, Seth's been a good, good friend and he's extremely generous. 
Well, uh, it's it's an amazing book. Uh, we can't thank you enough for the time that you gave us. We know you're super busy. I know we were talking yesterday. You've done, gosh, I don't know, almost 50, 60 podcasts yeah. in the last, <laughs> last little run-up here to the book launch. So uh, we can't thank you enough for, for giving us some of your time on Thoughts That Rock. Well, thank thank you for sharing this with your audience. Absolutely. What's the best way for people to? Obviously, they can they can purchase the Self Reliant Entrepreneur at their favorite bookstore. I am assuming, or Amazon. Yeah, or... yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, will be available everywhere. I always like to give a plug for that local corner bookstore if you've got one of those yeah. in your town. Yeah. Nice. Um, but <laughs> but uh, it can be you know purchase anywhere, digital format, audio format. Uh, as well. And uh, if you want to just find out more about it, you're not ready to pull the trigger. There's a lot of uh, um, information at selfreliantentrepreneur.com. And obviously on the website too, we know we can send people to ducttapemarketing.com, ducttapemarketing.com. But any of the social media areas you want us to send people as well? Well, so uh, obviously I'm on on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter like we are these days. I'm just duct tape on Twitter. I'm duct tape marketing on both LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. So funny story. I went to uh, 2003 is when I actually or no. Not 2003, 2005 or six or so is when Twitter came on the scene and went to sign up, and they wouldn't let us. Use, I would have put duct tape marketing, but you could only have an eight character name. Oh, when wow. I first started. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, that's right. So and have you ever tape. been approached by the duct tape manufacturers to get that handle? <laughs> no, um, no. Is you a would, short answer. <laughs> you would figure that that would be. Yeah. I would. I've been to. Uh, I'd been to one book conference, um, John, where when uh, the first book that uh, I came out with, we were looking at it, and the the, the book architect that we worked with, um, Justin Spiesman, was just amazing. Did an incredible job, uh, but he was speaking at a conference. He asked me to come and sort of just talk about what the experience is like of working with a book architect and how that all works. But one of the, one of the things they said there um, that, that I took away from uh, with regards to marketing your, your book, especially if it's self-published is if, if the name of your book is not available as a domain name, you don't know. It is not the name of your book. Yeah. 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 So, and that's, that's gotten harder. No, I'm honestly surprised you got self-reliant entrepreneur. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I, I'm also uh, forming a community because this is one of those kind of rare books where everybody will be on the same page theoretically the same day. Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, um, we're going to have a community just if people want to join to, to kind of talk about, okay, here was, you know, here was the challenge question today. What, you know, what do you think? Love (laughs) it. Yeah. That's Uh, smart. Smart. Yeah. So, so I have, I also have daily selfreliance.com and, and we'll, we'll have our community, um, hosted there. Fantastic. Well, again, buddy, thank you so much. We we just are so thankful, so happy for for your success, and uh, excited for this new book to come and just be the best selling book you've ever uh, you've ever penned. You've written six. I've read five um, books just total in my life. So this yes. will be my sixth. I am looking forward to back to back, chapter to chapter here, at least day to day, as the way as the book is broken down. Uh, I am looking forward to digging in myself. But thank you so much, pal. We we look forward to uh, staying in touch and just uh, best of luck on the on the book launch. Oh, thanks so much. Being on this show totally rocks. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Rock on. 
Hey, rock stars, thanks so much for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to make sure you don't ever miss an episode. And if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, we're exclusively represented by Kepler Speakers, the industry's leading resource for booking conference keynotes. To start your unforgettable experience, go to KeplerSpeakers.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on. Welcome, change agents, to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose, and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you, and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts.